Hey guys, and welcome to the latest in the Sleepy Tuck podcast. This week, I'm joined by the awesome duo of Steve and PT64 Hammers. How are we doing, guys? Hi. So, uh, yeah, Hammers Rodriguez is back. Uh, first I'm hearing of this name, but I'm, I'm happy to be here, as always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hammers. So, um, he enjoyed the last one that much that he's come back for some more grilling. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this week we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, psychopathy or psychopaths or psychos. Ooh. Mm, so I hope you've all been doing your little bits of research, guys. It's going to be a good one. So we'll uh, we'll start off with uh, with me for once with me. So I, I was doing. Uh, quite a bit of research uh, quite a few years ago actually when I was doing this uh, in university so um, looking into psychopaths and things I had to rejog my memory because I've forgotten everything to do with any sort of uni stuff so um, I remember what happens for people, <laughs> yeah you, you spend all these years learning something and then you never use it again gets replaced uh, by something else exactly uh, but I do remember there was one guy and he was Dr. James Fallon now it's quite a quite a funny story to be fair, but James Fallon is a neuroscientist and he was scanning the brains of psychopaths and brainwaves and things like that, uh, relating them to normal people. And long story short, and I'll put a picture up on screen now, uh, the psychopathic sort of tendencies of people tends to show in their brain. It's towards the uh, the prefrontal cortex, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, there's there's an actual fingerprint in the brain which shows uh, people who are uh, psychopaths. So calling someone a psycho, generally speaking, um, isn't isn't correct, but you can call someone a psychopath because they might be one. And uh, it turns out uh, James decided to. Uh, scan his own brain because he found out that uh, some historical people within his family uh, actually were psychopaths. Uh, they killed a lot of people, got got beheaded and and killed and stuff like that. Um, and he it was on his mother's side, and he knows that the gene for it, which is called the warrior gene, is passed down from mother to son. So he uh, he scanned his own brain and turns out he, he's a psychopath. <laughs> Brilliant, <laughs> nice. you know, and uh, he was trying to work out why he hadn't sort of followed the same route as many of his ancestors, and the only conclusion he could come up with was that he was showered with love as a kid and kind of learnt what was right and wrong, and that that was it. He says he hates it as a scientist to say that love conquered it, but he has no other explanation as to why he's not some sort of serial killer or um sort of bad person but yeah. that doesn't mean to say that everyone who is a psychopath will go out and become a serial killer it's just that i think all serial killers are psychopaths yeah or or yeah, sociopaths yeah um there's a there's there isn't a massive difference between psychopaths and sociopaths um but there are key elements and key differences so um, a psychopath doesn't really have empathy. They yeah. imitate empathy as they're growing up. So they, they, they're more like predators that um, 
imitate their prey to mm. get to get them in close and things like that. Um, so they can they can imitate empathy, but they don't understand it. They don't get it because they never feel it. They don't feel bad for someone for like falling in the street. But then again, neither do I. I kind of just laugh. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's all coming like, out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can watch some sad things and they make you sad. But like a psychopath, they'd be boring to them. They wouldn't yeah. get it. Um, but they can imitate it, and they are perfect imitators. Yeah, yeah. They They're know very... when the right time is to pat you on the back and yeah. act like they know what. Yeah, yeah. And it's not surprising to know that a lot of people who are in higher up positions in companies or governments or army and things like that are actually psychopaths. Statistically, a lot of them are, um, and that's just because of how methodical they are. They will throw anyone under the bus without remorse to get what they want because they don't feel any empathy towards them. It's the same with the killings as well. When when these uh, psychopaths do end up, uh, sorry, if they end up uh, going on a killing spree, it takes a while for it to catch up with them. And that's because they are very, very smart. They're not yeah. erratic and um, impulsive like sociopaths are. Um, they are very methodical in their thinking. They will go through everything over and over and over again, uh, make sure that nothing can be traced back to them, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think that'll bring us on to, to yours, James, won't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean... Um, Take it away. Of course, with the recent passing of Mr. Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, um. And let me double check now. I mean, he was 74, I believe, um, upon dying. Yeah, 74 years old. Um, and it turns out he did actually die um, of COVID. Uh, oh. Like a byproduct of, yeah. Um, in a post-mortem on the 17th of November. He died on the 13th of November and on the 17th. Um, they found that his death was caused by severe acute respiratory syndrome, um, which is a viral respiratory illness caused by coronavirus. Um, and supposedly he had been in and out of hospital, um, not being well. And when he had the respiratory illness, when he basically had COVID and they were like, oh, we're going to treat you for it, he refused all treatment. And he was just like, no, he pretty much gave up. He was like, I'm, I'm done, Ski. That's, I'm, I'm calling it. And he refused all treatment and died. So, as I'm sure for many, 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 many people, it was a good day. I'm funny that it was the 13th as well, I found. You know what I mean? Just oh, the number yeah. 13 and whatnot. Strange that. I know it's, it's just one of those daft things. It's a superstitious thing, isn't it? The number 13. But it's funny that of all the days he should die, it would be on that day. How many people did he kill? Did you know? Oh, many. Um, yeah, I can I can tell you. Murders, um, in well, in total from, like, I believe what he was charged for, it was 13. Yeah, 13 spanning over five years. Yeah. Um, including attacks, it was 23. Um, so he killed yeah, 13 people. 13 people that were officially like, you know, announced and it was confirmed 100%, you know, led back to him. He killed these people. And he died on the 13th. Yes. Yeah. 
Very yeah. superstitious. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. Honestly. 13 people on the 13th. Crazy. Yeah. If they, if only there were another three. If it, if only it had died a year sooner. And that would have been uh, the triple threat. But yeah. Um, I'm sure that it was one of those cases where they were adamant that it was, it was way more than that. Yeah. Um, that it was so many more than that, like into the twenties at least. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, much like with others, like you know Ted Bundy and other big serial killers like that, it was numerous, numerous people. I don't think but you yeah. ever know because wasn't it prostitutes he killed predominantly? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Uh, for he, the most he part, he was a fanatic of Jack, wasn't he? I mean, it was. I think it was. He got his name because of the similar, you know, the whole preying on women. Yeah. Um, was... As as obviously Jack the Ripper did. It was it was that kind of yeah because it was so similar in that regard. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think somebody, surely somebody with that predisposition to enjoy killing uh, has got to see previous, you know, romanticized serial killers as inspiration to some point. Surely. See, this is this is the thing that I'm kind of like not confused about. But is is it enjoyable for them to kill? Do, do they get enjoyment out of it? Or is I, it just... I think it it really does depend on the person. That is something that I, I think yes and no. It very much depends on the killer, the nature of how and why they kill. Because you've got to remember that there's so many serial killers that kill through a sexual desire. Mm-hmm. It has to push beyond those boundaries, so it it becomes that sexual desire there, you know. And and when that's the case, I believe that it is, you know, it is enjoyment because they feel that they have to do that to get the enjoyment back out of it. Whereas certain killers, who, for instance, like I mean, you know, Peter Sutcliffe, Yorkshire Ripper, he could be a perfect example of not doing. Because I think that was more of a, a punishment thing. I've but then I suppose just read about Peter that he thought he was on a mission from God. Yeah. Well, he said that. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was it. that's what he said, isn't it? In um, yeah, in yeah. court. But I think he was. I, I think it was a mission of his own. To be quite honest, you know, his own form of divine retribution, if you will. Um, I think again, a lot of people with power. To get enjoyment from power, you know, hence the whole power trip. Mm. Um, so I think I think for for a big part, whether even they know it or not, I think on a subconscious level, uh, especially with what you you know going into the whole psychosis and you know not having those certain feelings, I think there is definitely a drive to mm. feel something at least out of it. Well, this is why. Um... Sorry, for for me anyway, from what you've said, it's yeah. very difficult to um, determine whether someone is a psychopath or a sociopath in that. So, like, was he a psychopath or was he a sociopath? Because at, at certain points, he was a little bit, it, like, impulsive. Like, he had a vendetta yeah. against certain people rather than just trying to get what he wants. Yeah. Um, so... I know psychopath doesn't have a conscience. They don't have that little voice telling them that something's wrong, whereas a sociopath does, but it's weak. Yeah. So they know it's wrong, and they might feel some guilt or remorse, but that won't stop them doing whatever. 
He was definitely more erratic, yeah. I mean, especially when on the odd occasion where he was about to be caught, for instance. Yeah. So, like you say, psychopaths nine times out of ten don't really care too much. Like, they don't yeah. want to get caught because they know the implications. No one wants to go to prison. But yeah. they care far less, whereas, you know, I think the reaction to nearly getting caught was definitely, like, you know, shock and fear. Yeah. Sorry, Steve, go on, you were going to say something. No, no, it would just be... Di- obviously, the main difference between a psychopath and a sociopath is, obviously, psychopaths pretend to care, um, they can have relationships and stuff like that, but am I right in saying sociopaths don't? So they can't hold, like, a relationship with family, friends, uh, there's no, no emotional no, contact there. But psychopaths... That's incorrect. Okay. That's what yeah, sorry. I believe. Sorry. No, no. So, so they they do have a conscience and empathy. Um, it's just a lot weaker than oh yeah yeah what ours and, would and be. I understand that bit. So they have that bit, but hmm. it's more. Whereas a psychopath can have a relationship or pretend to have a relationship with a family member or getting married, that sort of stuff. Am I right in saying a sociopath can't do that? So they find that a lot harder. I think um, I think it depends on the actual sociopath, really. Um, yeah, I get what you mean. They are more erratic and a little bit more emotional in things. Um, the, nothing is methodical with a sociopath. They might be smart and methodical, but I mean, generally speaking, um, they aren't as sort of calculated in things. So they're quick to sort of do something out of an emotion rather than being a emotionless being yeah, yeah. that, that does I've, things calculated. I've always sort of been under the impression, really, that psychopaths don't need people, sociopaths do. Hmm. Like, whether it be for, you know, their own destructive gains or purposes or not, I've always been under that impression that, like we say, psychopaths don't need people. They don't. Nine times out of ten, they are loners. They are people who live alone. They keep themselves to themselves. You know, yes, they might be friendly to the neighbours and things in passing, but they're they're loners. They they stay, you know, just then they sort their own stuff out, whereas sociopaths have to dive into social circles and, and, you know, fiddle and mess. I I, I got it mixed up slightly. That's that's what it were then. No, you you're right though. There's that that psychopaths can pretend, and and a lot of them do. I think um, it, it sounds really bad for me saying this, but I think we're kind of giving psychopaths a really bad rap. However, so at worst they are cold, calculating serial killers. Like that is the real and end all. And yeah. most, if not all, serial killers have psychopathic tendencies. Yeah. Um, or sociopathic. Um, but in other situations, psychopaths are very, very skilled at climbing their way up like a business ladder. And yeah. they will throw someone under the bus to get there, showing no remorse whatsoever. They they will find a way to get what they want. And, you know, that whether that's money, whether that's just fulfilling a desire to kill. Um, just, just, just because they are a psychopath doesn't mean that they're going to, like, go out and commit a crime um it just means that they're almost sort of like a a wolf in sheepskin yeah they're way more liable to because they don't have the basic right and wrong notions that we do 
things that we find so easy to understand and so easy to go along with they just can't understand it so it's it's one of those things where yeah they are going to find it way easier to do certain things as you say Lou you know when it comes to business and things they're gonna have no problem forcing the way to the top because they don't care what happens to other people you know if they if they throw someone under the bus to get their position they get fired lose the house lose the family they're not interested they're not bothered because to them it's not it's not a big deal it's not an issue mm. and it's also not exactly a bad thing that that they're at the top of the chain that they want to be because they get stuff done yeah they'll That's it, yeah, they, yeah. they won't show any remorse in making hard decisions and things so yeah like, there, there is a place in society for psychopaths a hundred percent it's yeah. just uh like you know the the psychopaths that we know of um are all blasted along the headlines for killing a load of people um well, normal psychopaths aren't gonna be blasted along headlines are they don't make a good read exactly yeah. like it, it you wouldn't care if somebody had like gotten a job promotion over somebody else because they'd thrown them under the bus over something no, you wouldn't see that. Yeah, you, you know, the person that got thrown under the bus is an idiot for having stuff on them. And yeah. it's like, Speaking yeah, right. the person that got the job deserved it because they didn't have any dirt on them. You know, kind of reminds me of a episode of House. There's a woman in there that's exactly like that. I remember that one, <clears throat> and yeah, she she gets killed, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But she didn't. She didn't have. She wasn't a psychopath. She was ill, wasn't she? Which yeah, she was. She was ill, which affected. gave her this. Yeah, it made her like a psychopath. But she yeah. worked her way up in the job and everything. Her husband, the lot. Yeah, um, it's it's just uh, obviously we we don't really take a lot of uh, stuff from house seriously. Um, no, no, but it just <laughs> but, jogged my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was another yeah. one. I've forgotten what doctor's thing it was, but there was two kids, uh, two brothers, and one of them was a psychopath, and he was so polite and nice to everyone and smiling and things like that. And then he was just weird, and every time he went into his brother's room, his brother's heart rate would just go off the charts, and it's just a fear response. Um, yeah. And they were making out right. that, yeah, like, psychopaths are... are predators among us really um which i think is is tarring them with a, a pretty bad brush to be fair but again overall yeah well, in, in a way again, they're the best of us and they're the worst they can be yeah. like you say working their way up top at company being cutthroat getting things done that could be in a good sense or like you say headlines of people killing on going on serial murders and everything else Mm. Yeah, but I don't. Th yeah, I'm gonna say it, it. It's such a difficult subject and topic, <laughs> like because like mainstream media labels everybody that does a bad thing is a psycho. No, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Every everyone that does a bad thing is a psycho. But so there's probably a lot that they they label them as a psychopath, and they're not even sociopaths or psychopaths. They they've just made a bad decision or done something out of like passion. Yeah, yeah, or literally, and, yeah. That any any of those like strong emotions, it's just that mm -hmm. that rapid response. Yeah, yeah, and I think like for yeah, me as a parent, um, I I would I would have no qualms, um, and no remorse or guilt of uh taking someone's life that hurts my kid 
No, same here. Yeah, same here. Yeah. If anyone laid a finger, death. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be my first thing that I go to, and then I'd and then I'd think, well, they they haven't hurt them that much, or if they had hurt them that much, then yeah, they'd be buried. Um, and I'd I'd do ten years. I I I'd, I'd happily do ten years. You know no, what I mean? It's one of those standard things. You do anything for your child, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter the yeah. cost. It's it's just one of those. It's just one of those typical things. Um, yet more proof that we are not psychos. <laughs> yeah, that we are not psychopaths. <laughs> We're not, but but we. <laughs> you touch our kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I'll, let me sh- and then I'll show you a psychopath. We'll, we'll make you wish we were psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> but but yeah. Like, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, Steve, I kind of got a bit off topic. I spent well over two hours researching and kept bouncing from one thing to the other. And it's not quite with psychopaths that I got into in the end. Um, it's a little thing called Stone Tape. It's done, well, the main person that does it is, well, called T.C. Lethbridge. He was originally an archaeologist and turned into a parapsychologist. So his okay. theory is that he, well, he speculates that ghosts and hauntings are analogues to tape recordings. So they leave a mental impression during emotional or traumatic events, which is projected in a form of energy and recorded onto rocks or other items then they can be, be replayed under certain uh, conditions. Right. So it's almost like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so um, the, yeah. The, the idea behind it is that it's all environmental elements um, that store strong traces of human thoughts or emotions. Yeah. Yeah, like obviously like residual pain and anguish and this and the other. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, that is a that is a a hole, isn't it? You definitely dove into a hole there. <laughs> My little Just a rabbit, bit. Steve. <laughs> I was going to say I've, I've I've been down them. I've been down those ones, but it's a very interesting theory, though. Genuinely, very interesting theory indeed. Um, one that I have actually heard before. I've never heard it referred to by its name, if you will. Um, as you the stone tape, did you yeah, say? Yeah, the stone tape. Um, um, don't get confused with a TV play called the, uh, the Stone Tape. Either. No, no, that, I've that, never, that, I've that, never heard the that's, name. That's something different. But if you wanted to look into it, there's a TV um, play called The Stone Tape, or this is just called Stone Tape. Right. Yeah. No, I've never heard the name, but I have heard the theory of that, like imprinting in a location. Um, yeah, yeah it's, an, it's a very interesting take for sure. Yeah, he did a book in 1961 called um, Ghosts and Ghoul Popwise These Ideas. And that's what inspired the play. That's why. Don't get confused with them. I was on mute. <laughs> Sorry. I wonder what I wonder what going off then. Yeah. Start getting messages and everyone went quiet. Yeah. I've been I've been so good to make sure that did not happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um but yeah, no, it's uh, it's a really cool theory. I'll I'll stick a, a wiki link or something in the um description 
It definitely ties into the spooky wooky side of things. Parapsychologist. <laughs> oh, definitely. We need to get one of them on here. Um, It'd be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for sure, yeah, definitely. I, d I don't know where to go from this. Um, any qu any I'll, questions I'll... about it? What, what, what's your thoughts about it? Luke? Luke or James, <laughs> whoever. James? <laughs> Me? Um, well, no, like, like I said, I, like I was saying before, I think it's an interesting theory. I think that, to be honest, in, you know, hauntings in general, no matter which way you sort of look at them, have always been, like, residual... Emotion. Yeah, it's 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 always locked to one place normally inside a house or a room. So I can sort of see where that's coming from. Yeah, I mean like a location in general, I mean obviously, you know, often when you see and you've heard accounts, for instance, of people who, you know, they talk about ghosts, they talk about how a ghost will you know, oh it walks across the room and then just walks straight through the wall. Once upon a time there'll have been a door there. Yeah. That'll have been a doorway, you know. Uh, and they would they're passing through the wall where it once would have been a doorway, and obviously, like you say, it's it's. I think it definitely is like very much dependent on the location itself rather than even like a house, because obviously that you know a property, for instance, can be knocked down and rebuilt, but then people still, you know, tell tales of like the reoccurring hauntings from the previous property into this new property. And yeah, and I think it's definitely based on that. But no, like I say, it's it's a very interesting theory. Um, it, it also plays back to some of the stuff Luke said in previous podcasts, where someone keeps doing the same thing, and you might see that person doing that. That could be recorded within the stone of the floor. Um, it's not, obviously, it's not just with stones. It could be done with anything. Yeah, it could be like anything streams, at all. Yeah, forests, mountains, anything with that. And yeah, it'd just be, it'd just be like a re you replay replaying that recording and seeing that. Yeah. Well, that's why I keep saying residual energy all the time. Because um, oh, yeah. like I've always said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. And, yes, uh, I have indeed heard you say this. Yeah, yeah. On the, uh, obviously after death episode. Yeah. So um, it would make sense that it. it moves into something else changes into something else or stays where it is and is just replayed it, that's that's the thing that the energy knew what to do that's how it worked it will carry on working like that and never disappear um yeah because even when you use I, up energy it turns into something else you know absolutely i mean i always find it i always do find it strange when you know when it when it comes to those kinds of the when people retell tales of like i was saying before just oh it walks across the room then just goes through the the doorway there's certain hauntings that they're not exactly like byproducts of any that's just going about day to day that mm. like it's not any byproduct of any real like agony or you know any real pain or suffering it's just literally they're just wandering about yeah, also explain I mean... why a lot of hauntings are like hear things being thrown about that sort of stuff it could have literally just been an argument between a couple two of people, two, two yeah. people they've picked something up and just thrown it at a wall and then that's what you're hearing i, I still hauntings. think my uh time loop theory is golden oh no i'd, I'd agree with you there i yeah. don't yeah, just like... say this is the 
be an end, be an end all of it. It's just a yeah. nice little fairy I strolled upon. Yeah. Nice, no, cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm going to say my time loop theory anyway. Is that time's overlapping? So we're actually looking into the past as much as they're looking into the future. Um, yeah. So they might see us as ghosts and we see them as ghosts. And then where it's like, get out my house, uh, we also say that when we're in yeah. that thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. They might be hearing a ghost who is us saying, get out my house, whereas we're hearing them as a ghost saying, get out my house. Well, you're taught that you're taught that time is linear. Time is not linear. Time is man-made construct. No. Time for one doesn't exist. I was just about to say, time for one is not a, a real thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just your, your, your days, your weeks, your months, all that stuff. You know, your, your daylight savings is all man-made. None of it is is of any consequence to anybody at all. Um, and it is impossible to, like the whole theory of, I know, slightly going off topic, but relevant, pointing to this right here, is obviously scientists, when they look so far in one direction of space and you see the Big Bang, you look so far in one direction and you're looking into the past, like look into it, it's mental. Hmm. And they look into the past, it can go so far that you can see the after effect of the Big Bang all these billions of years later. Yeah. And that right there is proof that, you know, looking in a direction, that's got nothing to do with time. But yeah, it does in its own way. Because like we say, what what is it really? You know, so yeah, it's an interesting one. It's just something that we've constructed to make sense of things. Um, of obviously, a fox doesn't wake up and think, oh, it's Tuesday. I'm going to go it's and order, hunt tonight. It? Yeah, yeah, it's like they wake up, they order. go and hunt. So um, the only reason that they look back into, so scientists, when they look back into time, is it's just light. It's, it's the, the distance that light has traveled. And yeah, so yeah. Te that technically, light... everything we see is the past. Yeah, when you look up in the night sky and you see a star, we are so off topic. Yeah. But <laughs> you see a star, that star could have gone. That star could have disappeared already. Um, this is why I made my point and then was like, leave it. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I made the point that was on the point and then was like, leave it there because it was to do with your time loop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I do um, I do know what you're saying, definitely, you know, to sort of cut that off, Steve. It's... Uh, it's definitely one way to look at something that's impossible to really, you know, put a definition on. And it's nice. It's nice to have those like different perspectives on something that you're almost, you know, certainly us are so familiar with. Okay. So as is like supernatural. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Me. So, so welcome back to the psychopath podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Steve did some research. He was wrong research, but he did some research. No, I did research, then just went off on a tangent and mm. researched the wrong thing. <laughs> Imagine that. Wow. There's, the time definitely isn't linear. It's repetitive. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I've got things like brain differences in psychopaths and sociopaths. Yeah. Um, so uh, a psychopath's a psychopath's brain isn't like other people's as i said previously they do have physical differences that make it hard for the person to identify with someone else's distress so that uh, uh, prefrontal cortex and yes. the lack of empathy from that um but these differences can even change bodily functions really give you an example when we Please see do. blood or violence in a movie our heart quickens uh, breathing quickens and uh, palms get sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomiting on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti. 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Whereas a psychopath Continue. has the opposite reaction. They get calmer. It, really? Yeah, it helps them be fearless and engage in risky behavior. Method in the madness. Mm -hmm. They don't fear the consequences of their actions, which is the thing that I was talking about with Sutcliffe is when he was about to get caught, he was yeah. erratic. Yes. Whereas a psychopath doesn't yeah. actually fear these consequences. They just don't want the consequences. Yeah, it's kind of like a driving force, isn't it, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's crazy, that. Yeah. So, um, the, in, in layman's terms, sociopaths are hot-headed, whereas psychopaths are cold-hearted. Yeah. yeah. Lizard people, mate. It's official. Yeah. Am I, am yeah. I also <laughs> right in saying that psychopaths are born, but sociopaths are made? Uh, so psychopaths, all, that are, born, I don't psychopaths know. are born like that, but sociopaths sort of grow into being like that. That's why they still have some of their emotions. Well, going off on the warrior gene for psychopaths, yep. 100% that yeah. is genetic. That is a genetic thing that's passed down and it carries on family to family to family. Um mother to son most of the time so i'm guessing it's a a recessive gene if i'm yeah, right yeah. in that one but can pass from mother to daughter in certain circumstances but a lot of psychopaths are male especially like the serial <laughs> killers as well whereas i yeah. don't know whether there is a gene for sociopathy um because I didn't actually research that much into sociopaths. It was just the differences. Yeah. Um, but I, I imagine, given that theirs is weaker, it could be environmental. Uh, maybe there's a mix. Maybe there's environmental and uh, uh, natural as well, like genetically. Um, I think when it comes to women especially, so I think nine times out of ten, it tends to be a lot more circumstantial. Yeah. Um especially when like a lot of a lot of female killers for instance um whether you know whether they are officially psychopathic or not a lot of them come from backgrounds of you know abuse and you know aggressive partners this that, and the other and basically having like all the power stripped away from them so they take that power back by committing acts of violence and murder essentially um, I can't remember the name of her now, but there was one really famous female serial killer who, you know, specifically shanked up men. And that was a perfect example of that right there. Just, you know, surroundings and, and the environment that you're exposed to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think um, there's a lot of um, couples, a lot of uh, sociopathic couples, um, maybe... Uh, one of them isn't and one is and they're sort of like infatuated with them that they to to the point where they do commit like these horrendous crimes so i mean for for an example is uh ian brady and myra hindley they they both killed kids uh between 63 and 65 in the moors Jesus. known as the moors murders um and they they still haven't said um where the rest of the bodies were. I think they're both dead now. Kidding. Uh, yeah, wow. they, they told police of five, I think. 
And how many were reported, like, officially? Uh, I don't know that one. Fair. But there were a lot of missing ones. But, yeah, Myra died in, of pneumonia in 2002. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I suppose, with you saying, like, you say 60s? Yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah. there's still... There's still sort of like um, they they believe there's quite a lot of um, bodies buried uh, in in the moors uh, that they just they just can't find because obviously the the moors are um, for people that aren't familiar with the the country's layouts the moors are is what is it unkept wild areas that are thick with yeah brush. the moors yeah. are yeah. Basically just that, yeah, like open wildlands, if you will. But it's not like flat yeah. with open brush. It's literally up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And hills, you're talking like you very will, hill. yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's like 20 to 30 foot hills, sometimes even bigger than that. And it's just covered in these these bushes, which are just, they are thick brush. And you, there's, there's paths that you can walk and hike down and things like that. But when you go onto the actual moors and deviate away from the path you're talking like 10 minutes to make 100 meters it's yeah it's a vast open area it's Um, very low but vast yeah very easy to get lost and you know people have gone missing and all sorts yeah yeah it's um well there's 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 quite a few uh serial killer couples and yeah absolutely you know uh, about um two women now that were doing it. Uh, Gwendolyn Graham and Catherine May Wood um, both worked in a care home. Started mm. off by doing sex acts with each other. That was asphyxiation. And then it became more into killing people at the same time. They were murdering people with Alzheimer's and then having sex after. And there were a lot of those people who looked after old people, like the care industry, did it to steal their money. I know a lot of them did it so that they could, like, there was a lady in um, in America who did it. She had people basically stay there. She would then look after them, poison them, and then cash in their social security checks. Mm-hmm. And she just kept living off these numerous these numerous people, just killing them, cashing them in, killing them, cashing them in. Yeah, it's it just it, it it doesn't help when like you know you've got relatives that are gonna go into a care home or whatever, and then all you hear is these stories about. I know it's horrendous isn't because it? there's a lot that work in the care industry. You yeah, know, because it's easy pickings. Yeah. The world, yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying, like, yeah, how how easy it is, like, you know, with the vulnerable vulnerable people around. I mean, I think our most infamous when it comes to like your your couples, especially in the UK, were Fred and Rosemary West, weren't they? Yeah, but they technically um, they were serial killers, but they weren't at the same yeah. time. Um, yeah, so they killed those two uh, girls, didn't they? Well, they killed the, the kids, didn't they? The daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it? Was amongst... one of them? One of them wasn't the daughter, though, was it? I could have sworn they had three to four children, and I'm sure about one of them might have got away with not being. I might be confused killed. on the actual serial killers, though. I remember but... two girls. One was wearing a Man United top. That's what I remember. 
Um, well, I know that after Fred got out of prison the first time, mm. the the couple together lured up, up to at least eight women to their house, whereby he raped them and then they collectively killed them. Okay, completely different uh, people that I'm thinking of, but no, they are definitely serial killers. But the, the this first, is the thing. The, I was going to say, first person yeah. I thought of were Harold Chipman, the uh, GP from Hyde in Manchester. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he, of course. Yeah, he killed 15 people. That was confirmed, <laughs> but um, they reckon it was somewhere in the numbers of 215 and 260 people over a 23-year period. Hmm. Well, I mean that is outrageous. There's there's one yeah. that really struck a chord with me, like, and I mean, like, I felt anger reading about this, and it it cropped back up. So we're talking like a three year investigation, and it's only recently just gone back to the first person that they arrested, really uh, Lucy Letby from Hereford. All right, uh, do tell. She was working at the Countess of Cheshire at uh, Cheshire Chester Hospital. Um, she's murdered, or alleged to, sorry, five baby boys and three baby girls while working at the neonatal unit. And, oh, wow. and the attempted murder of five, uh, sorry, yeah, five boys and five girls between June 2015 and 2016. Um, so it, it's, it's mad. So basically she got a job there and she like posts on Instagram, oh, I'm doing my favorite job and stuff. And within the year, there was something like three to four times as many deaths in the neonatal unit as like on average. So um, whoever was the, um, I can't remember what they're called now, the chief nurse, you know what I mean? The matron. Yeah, yeah. that's it. The chief nurse, chief nurse sounds better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She basically shadily uh, asked for an investigation, and yeah, this this uh, this if she's found guilty, this absolutely shit stain on society. Who needs to be hung, drawn, and quartered? This is it. Uh, some people may find it strong, but you know, you I've got to wonder with people like this why there's no death penalty. Yeah. Uh, well, I think death's too. I think death's too easy for them sort of people. I think they need to be tortured for like the rest of their lives. Probably like chop off a few limbs, you know, to, so she can't. Use oh, them. I definitely know what you're saying, man. Like straight up, I do. Like I do understand it. I think for you know, for the most part, it's a case of that. That person is just a straight up menace. Like the menace, you can't be. There's no point wasting resources on them. Just get rid. No, I'd, I'd, just get I'd rid. pay for it to be tortured. I, I wouldn't mind my so taxpayers going towards that. For for someone, if, if she's found guilty beyond reason, uh, sorry, not reasonable doubt, but beyond doubt, she is guilty. Um, 100% agree that if somebody is 100% guilty of doing a horrendous crime like this, should be fine. Should be fine to, you know, uh, do a bit of torture. Maybe, maybe it could be like a psychopath rehabilitation. Like, you get a psychopath in to do the torture, so that they don't act upon wider society with it. You know, <laughs> we're going down the decks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but this is it. Like, as if like I don't. I'm gonna get angry, but I don't get how somebody could. I mean, kill anyone, but kill infants who are helpless and can't do anything about it can't even protect themselves like 
like surely like these serial killers must get a little bit of enjoyment out of doing it so well, this is what I was saying before about the power yeah. when it comes back into power doesn't it because they're powerless and she knows that she's in full control she's a grown woman she knows exactly what she's doing she's got the power and that's what she's feeding on well this is what I don't get surely she's you a try to go up against somebody that's like a similar power level to you well not when she's weak which she blatantly yeah. is weak beyond all comprehension yeah so she's never going to be able to stand up to anybody but I mean you know, the way I see it, nine times out of ten in these scenarios, you know, when, when you go down into it, you read into these people, you know, the backstories, where they've come from, they always prey upon, like, something specific. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll get certain killers who only prey on men. You'll get ones that only prey on women, ones that only prey on children. You know, they always have... You know, almost within that modus operandi, yeah. There's always a specific goal. There's always a specific, like, target for them personally. Mm. And I think, you know, that's where they feel they get, like, the most power from, from that particular, from that particular, you know, people, whatever, whatever age range or whatever they might be. It's just, it's just mad. It's so mad. And I think, um, it's just a it, you know how me and Ryan were talking about like the gene pool and stuff like that in the last podcast at mm, the end and yeah. like we probably went off a little bit off topic and maybe maybe offended a few people but like surely I don't know whether psychopathy is an evolutionary trait or whether it's a, a de-evolutionary yeah, trait because I, I mean we don't need it in society realistically we don't need somebody who's cold-hearted and calculating but we do at the same time and i don't mean like serial killers i mean like no say like of course generals in the army or whatever you need someone who's cold-hearted doing that job obviously following the rules and following legislation and making sure everything is above board but you need someone who can make tough decisions um especially when people's lives exactly but they won't care about the lives but that's fine because that means that they can I say that's fine that could be like catastrophic and and mean that a lot of people die which wouldn't be good in their mind yeah yeah, it's fine but it's fine for like a hard decision that needs to be made like a necessary sacrifice exactly and that sounds horrible and callous and cold from me Um, doing a few to save the many yeah it's kind of like that see see yeah that mindset I don't know whether I'd be able to make that decision like, depending on the situation, but I don't know whether I'd be able to make a decision like that. You know? It'd be difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think it. I think that's something that, for, for me, I think it goes into connection on that point. You care far more about, and this is pretty much anybody this, you care far more about something when you get involved in it. So you see so many things happen, you know, you see something happen on the news. There's, you know, there's been like, like say for America, you know, there's attacks all the time of the many like high school shootings that even we've heard of over here on the news. It's terrible. It's horrendous. Mm. You hear about it, you know, you, you see this kind of thing. Um, and my mind's gone completely blank. My, my train of thought has <laughs> completely derailed. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been so good as well. Sorry. So good. I'll, I'll take over. Rejog, mate. <laughs> I'll take over. Rejog, um, mate. 
I I think people that do the school shootings, I think that the media sort of portray them wrong. They say they're mentally unhinged. I don't think they're mentally unhinged. Some maybe, but I don't think they're all mentally unhinged. A lot of them can be uh, terrorists. And terrorist doesn't just mean somebody in a turban that's blowing stuff up. Terrorist means somebody who creates terror and panic and death and fear in society for a political agenda. Like, the KKK are a big example of terrorists. White supremacists are terrorists. You know, not all of them are terrorists, but the ones that carry out an act like... um, I know it was like five or six years ago. There was, um, it wasn't a Black Lives Matter movement. It was a, another movement. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what it is, but um, they they literally mowed down a lot of protesters. Now that is, that is, it can be mentally unhinged, yeah, but it's still a terroristic act because you see it happen in Germany, um, and it, it might be from uh, a Middle Eastern background of person that's done this why aren't they labeled as mentally unhinged they're all terrorists they all also might be mentally unhinged now whether they're sociopaths or psychopaths is another question i don't think they'd be psychopaths because there's nothing methodical or calculating about mowing people down and then getting shot well i mean it's all to do with the media instilling fear that's what they do that's what they're good Mm. for that's that's what it comes down to you know that they they have to they have to like continue to make sure that people live in fear so that they're easily controlled. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be that guy who's sounding super conspiracy theorist, but you know, we know all about it in this day and age. You know, you used to listen to the news and be like, oh, that's gospel truth. Mm, yeah, yeah, nodding your head, right? Oh, yeah, now I know the facts. No, you don't. In our day and age now, we know that major news corporations talk utter shite. And they don't report on things properly, and they don't give you the full picture, and they do deliberately twist things to feed their agenda. Yes, well, it's either to feed their agenda or to make themselves more money. They're, they're the exactly. two things they're after. The original clickbait. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone from we've <laughs> gone from psychopaths to ghosts to psychopaths to serial killers to um terrorists to to media <laughs> that's what a podcast about man you're never gonna fully stay on topic it's not I don't a podcast know whether I, might, you know. I might just change it up it's and an, we'll just an, sit and talk <laughs> it's an informative video if you do you know what i mean I have, that's what a podcast's about if you can't have a proper conversation it's an informative video made for you know health and safety policy <laughs> in a fucking corporation somewhere. psychopaths you may be okay around sociopaths probably not um <laughs> yeah moral yeah. of the story so keep a whistle handy <laughs> they're, they're scared <laughs> yeah, of high-pitched noises <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah we've dropped some facts we've dropped some sick bars you know um that's, that's how we do that's, that's how we do i think um I think we've, you know, we've we've pulled enough blood from this stone, uh, you know. I think uh, absolutely. I, I think we we probably need to jump back into this and and do a proper in depth, like at least high school style, like <laughs> reporting on it. But I think uh, I think we've done good. I think I've enjoyed talking about it anyway. I I got emotional. Definitely, that's, like the main thing, you know. You, that's what, yeah, that's what it's about, getting passionate. Exactly. 
There it is. So, um, no, thank you guys for joining again. James, once again, pleasure to have you um, on board. Thank you so much for having and, me. And, uh, yeah, James has actually got some merch uh, that's come out. I haven't uh, received any because I haven't paid for any yet, but um, <laughs> we're still waiting. Um, but, no, some good designs, some good logos. So if you head over to the Twitch link, which is in the description, uh, James' so stuff much. is there. Uh, we do have something exciting for next week when Ryan's on. So uh, watch out for that one. Uh, Steve doesn't actually do anything uh, except for this podcast. So uh, Steve will tell you to subscribe to the channel, hit the bell icon and leave a like. Thank you for saying it for me. No, that was your cue. You just said it. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I don't know why I pay these staff. You, James, you, you just run to Steve job. <laughs> <Pay me. laughs> yeah so don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed what you heard yeah hit the bell icon to be notified for the next podcast um check out links in the description and yeah comment below what you liked what you disliked if you want me to get rid of steve comment i'll do it and um, he take will care. he's a psychopath <laughs> uh.